Welcome to Business Unmuted. Now, the property sector has been described as experiencing a boom fueled by such things as stamp duty holiday and the pent up demand from buyers and sellers. The government's recent introduction of 95% mortgage has also been a contributing factor. Monthly non-residential property transactions are at their highest since 2005. Places like this business park, where Recognition PR is located in Darlington, we're bringing this to you, have had a huge turnaround. At the start of the year, there were numerous vacant units, and now there are only a couple left to snap up the agents of Connect Property. The recent surge of activity in the property market is giving a boost to related sectors, such as lenders, agents, conveyancers and house builders. Joining me in the studio is Darren Ditchburn, the Chief Customer Officer of Darlington Building Society. And down the line we have Craig Taylor, Managing Director of 13 Homes, and Richard Ponton, Investment Director at Walton Robinson. Here's a bit of data. I was just talking about commercial property. Look at the commercial property transactions. Look at this time last year, they were starting to dip off. And they gradually went up throughout the year. And then after Christmas, boom, towards March, well ahead of where they were this time last year. Then look at house and building. The government's got a target of 300,000. Well, in 2018, it was just under 200,000. Bit of a push upwards, 214 in 2019. That was good news. But in 2020, the pandemic year, 123,000, not even 50% of the government's target. Let's discuss some of these issues with people from the property sector. And joining me first, Craig Taylor, down the line from 13 Homes. Craig, what do you make of that target? Do you think there's any chance the government can make 300,000 homes being built in a year? Um, history would think, suggest not grim. From the, the numbers we've looked at, I think I'm right in seeing the last time that we delivered 300,000 homes in a year was back in 1970. So we're going back over just over 50 years now, the last time we, we sort of hit that number. Um, and what was also interesting in the numbers that we've looked at was that of that 300,000, 135,000 of those were delivered by local authorities under what was obviously the old sort of council house, uh, council housing initiative. Um, and it's interesting also that during that period, right back to 1970, the private sector has consistently delivered around about 100 to 150,000 homes per annum, um, despite economic and, and cycles and, and downturns, they've always delivered around about 100 to 150,000 units. So I think understanding now that sort of local authorities have come out of that house built market and are being replaced to some smaller extent by RPs and delivering affordable homes, I think it's it's a bit of a tough ask to expect the private sector to, to really double their output to achieve 300,000 homes per annum. Let's look at the hurdles you've got. Money isn't necessarily it because the private sector's got money in the bank at the moment, house builders particularly. I know you've got three, what was it, a billion pounds of funding lined up. So what are the hurdles to, to getting these houses built? Uh, well, demand certainly isn't a hurdle. Um, even through this last 12 months and, and what we've been through with the pandemic, demand has always been there from purchasers um, and buyers and we're seeing good levels of interest in the in the sites that we that we, that we have up for sale um i think it's more of the structural issues that we face as developers um particularly around the issues of, of land and planning mm -hmm. um most of the people that i speak to in my network are constantly bemoaning the either lack of the, oh the um craig we just lost you there or the <laughs> 
I think he was talking about, I tell you what, we'll pick, no, he's back, he's back. Go on, pick it up again. Both people, you were talking about land and planning. Go on, finish your point there. Yeah, so as I say, most of the contacts that I um, speak to um, constantly bemoaning the, the lack of available land to build upon. Mm -hmm. And even those who are looking to secure the uh, the land that's required, um, planning is a constant battle. Um, although we are a sort of new entrant into the market in this 13 homes, we found that ourselves. We've... Um, we had one site recently, which I, I won't name the, uh, the local authority for want to spare any blushes, but um, we submitted a plan application back in September 2019. And we've only recently, as in the last couple of months, received um, a determination of that application. It was over 18 months in the system, uh, you know, when statutory guidelines require a 13-week determination period. I mean, it's no good. You want it all sorted. Even if it's no, you want to know. Tell me what you think of the government's proposal where you get zoning. So if the government's proposal goes through, you'll know that if you go to this or that local council, that part of land, well, it's zoned. You can get it through quick. That part is already structured for, for, for more delicate planning. So it's going to take longer. What do you think of the idea of zoning? I think the principles are, are sound. Um, our concern is that... Um, it will have an impact on land values. Mm. So automatically, if someone owns a piece of land within a, an area that's zoned for, for residential development, we, we, we believe that people will take advantage of that and you'll see land prices rise. Um, so again, you then get into the issue of viability and availability of land. Very um, interesting, yes. So I think there's, there's, there's pros and cons to the zoning system. I think there's, there's further work to come out post the consultation exercise that the government are currently going through. And I think, like all these things, the devil is always going to be in the deal, Graham. OK, we'll come back to you and we'll see some of the houses you're selling in a minute. Let's talk to Richard Ponton from Walton Robinson. Where are you, Richard? I'm actually in Heaton Park, which is a lovely bit of green space on the edge of a very popular area in Newcastle uh, called Heaton. Um, and it's uh, where you get a huge amount of uh, variation, the sort of property you've got here from from small apartments um, right up to, to very large detached family houses. So it's a really, really popular location, very close to the city centre. So um, it's really, uh, it's of interest really to, to every part of the, of the property um, market, if you like, from those who are renting, those first time buyers, those second steppers, those in the big family homes and so on. So it really offers a, a little bit of everything to everybody. Now, I know you, you obviously sell houses. You sell houses not just to people who want to live in them, but also to investors. But tell us, uh, yes. first of all, what is the market like? Is, is all this talk we read in the papers about uh, a hot market true? Or is it just hot in spots? Well, it's, it's like most things. You don't get uh, one rule that applies to every single area. Um, what you'll probably find in the high-value areas is, uh, is yes, things are overcooking a bit. Um, in the lower-value areas where there is plenty of availability um, and people aren't sort of fighting over each other for properties, uh, yes, it's, it's not so much of a, of a rush to buy, if you like. So certainly Newcastle, it's got its locations, the, mainly the areas that we'll deal with, uh, we deal with are close by the city centre, so do attract the, the kind of higher end of the market. Um, yes, we are very busy with all sorts of types of purchases from the first time buyers, from tenants we might have looking to uh, get their first home um, to those first time buyers that want to move up the ladder um, and also from investors as well who are looking to get on board and whilst they still have to pay their 3% premium um, on stamp duty, 
um, they're still very active and that they're buoyed by the, the reliance on the, on the rental market as it is at the moment. And with all, all the positive signs, certainly Newcastle's seeing in the rental market. Um, I, I have I a member of my staff who lives in Redcar in East Cleveland, not traditionally a hotspot for property, but he has no. been gazumped twice in the last month. Is gazumping back where you are? Well, it's it's one of those sort of situations whereby um, it's been a very strange period since um, since the start of lockdown last year, when for all intents and purposes the, the market almost ground to a halt till people figured out what to do and how to do it. Um, obviously, we then got the the stamp duty holiday announced and, and things started moving again, and uh, and the industry was all very excited about a, a great boom time. And and actually, what happened is we just got a massive clog um, within the system of all sorts of transactions. Uh, being delayed, um, whether or not it's understaffing on local authorities or in, in solicitors firms and so on, with people being on furlough. It just meant there was a huge backlog of transactions. So you've got a lot of sellers who start to get a little bit fed up. So invariably, they start looking at other other options as well. Um, and that was through a bit of frustration at that time. Um, but yes, now now we're back into a situation where, where the climate is hot um, and there are numerous buyers um, for every, every um, property. So of course you'll you'll get that competition. Um, as yet, we it hasn't been a huge problem. Uh, we seem to have people who will essentially stick to the word, agree a deal, and, and see that through, which is which is great to see because the last thing you want to do is start start trying to do three or four uh, separate transactions on on the same property, one after the other. Richard, um, it's great to have a responsible estate agent saying things like that on our <laughs> screen. I, I like, I'm going to bank that and move on while I can. Thank you very much. Uh, let's, let's go to a funder, Darren Ditchburn, Darlington Building Society. First of all, how are the demand for mortgages from your uh, building society? Yeah, re really busy at the minute, Graham. Um, if you look at the society's performance through the first quarter of this year, we're probably up about 134% when you compare that with quarter one last year. So really, really busy. Our mortgage pipeline at the minute is probably up around kind of another 50% on top of where we were at this point last year as well. And these are real house buyers rather than remortgagees, are they? They are, yeah. The vast majority of our uh, business is actually purchase um, activity. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, we, we have a lot of activity there pending at the minute. You hear stories about building societies. Uh, I mean, you're a responsible mutual, of course, so you want to make sure everyone's funds are, uh, are stable. Uh, extracting proper scrutiny now of uh, people's funds. Where did they get the funds? Are they really able to repay the mortgage? Is that, is that um, causing any holdups in the transactions, the speed of transactions, or have people, and have people got the deposits that you require? Yeah, so I think what we've seen over the last 12 months is that we've seen a significant change in people's circumstances due to the pandemic. Um, the great thing about Darlington Building Society is that we individually underwrite and personally look at each mortgage. Mm. Um, and that provides that level of assurance that we're able to look into the detail of each individual case and make our own informed lending decisions. Um, so from our perspective, you know, it's, it's going really well. Um, of the last year, we had about 900 payment deferrals at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, just over 95% of those are now back paying the mortgage. Oh, wow. So again, just shows kind of strength of the underwriting as well as kind of the quality of the, 
the mortgages we write. Tell us about first-time buyers because the government's introduced some new schemes to help them out because the, the deposits were getting a bit cumbersome. What, yep. what have you got to offer first-time buyers? Yeah, so, so basically we've just launched a new 95% mortgage. Um, so we've launched it independently of the government's scheme. Oh, right. So we've got our own um, indemnity insurance that we can put in place to protect us. So we were able to actually launch that back in March ahead of the government scheme. Um, we actually, as a lender, maintained our low deposit mortgage right throughout the pandemic. So we, we offered a 10% deposit mortgage um, and, like I say, reintroduced the 5% deposit mortgage in March. Um, and what we did is we've actually restricted that product to local area so right. that people in the northeast can get the benefit of that product first. But what we also did is restricted that to kind of the key worker population as well mm -hmm. to, to ensure that they got first bite of the cherry, so to speak, in terms of getting their foot onto the housing ladder as well. And does it apply to all of them now or have you eased it or is it still key worker? No, it's still key worker at the moment, Graham. Okay. So we're, we're still but a, a say, say you've got a young person who wants to buy a £150,000 starter home or maybe a £100,000 starter home. You're asking for 10 to 15% deposit. 5% deposit. Well, if it wasn't a key worker? If, sorry, if it wasn't a key worker, it's 10%. 10% or 5% dependent. Yep. Uh, and one last question on this before we move back to Craig. Uh, you, the Building Society, where is it getting its funds? Because, you know, you, the, you, you do have some reasonable rates, but as a, as a broad spectrum, the banking and building society sector is offering low rates to savers. Yep. So they won't necessarily be that interested. Uh, you've got other sources of funding, haven't you now? We have got other sources of funding in terms of we've got access to the government schemes such as the TFSME, mm -hmm. um, but as being a mutual building society, the vast majority of our funding comes from retail deposits. Yeah. Um, what we've actually seen over the last 12 months is that with the, through the restrictions that actually we've got more people saving at the minute. Mm. And, and again, what we've seen is those unintentional lockdown savings, if you like, accumulating in funds. And again, what we've seen is a, a reticence to almost draw that out and yeah, spend it. So absolutely. people are kind of sitting with that capital. And again, I think that's helping actually in terms of the housing market because people have been able to save for a deposit while they've had restricted outgoings. Mm -hmm. And I think they're in better position to actually be able to take advantage of something like the 95% mortgage and get themselves onto the housing ladder. Back to Craig, let's run a few pictures of some of the properties you've got on the market. There's one at a site that I, I know you've got that's uh, selling all sorts of track. There's one, Howard's Green in Darlington. Very nice, very nice. How are, how are these houses going? What is the demand for these new, new houses? And what are you offering? Yeah, demand's been very good, Graham. Um, you know, we, as I said, we are a, a new entrant into the private house building market. Um, and to be fair, we made that step um, because we saw that demand wasn't being fully met by current players in, 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 the, in the market. So this is our first site. We, we did six completions last year. Uh, we'll do another 35 this year. So it's a sort of uh, a slow build-up, but, we, but we're aiming to get to a position where we're we're delivering around about 200 completions per, per annum into the, into the market. Um, we've, we've, we've looked around and seen what other people are, are delivering, and we think we've got a, a slightly different product, um, obviously trying to compete in quite a, a, a crowded marketplace at the moment. Um, but on, on Howard's Green itself, we're surrounded by sort of a consortium of developers. Um, so Esh, Barrett, Gen mm -hmm. 2 are all building now currently on there. Uh, under a, 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 a 1,200 unit master, unit master plan, which was brought forward in conjunction with the uh, Donington Borough Council. Um, and I think Customs have just picked up a future phase of that development as well. So it's quite a, 
quite a hot area. We hope to pick up some of the um, demand that will be driven, hopefully, by the Treasury moving into the town as well. Um, so, okay. sorry, have you lost me? I lost you again, but I did get your point, because the Treasury moving into Darlington is having a big agglomeration effect throughout Tees Valley. I was just at the beginning of our uh, broadcast, we were talking about the uh, commercial property effect, the fact that it's attracting you for home buyers. Just give us a quick sense of the price brackets of that development, Craig. Um, so we've got some sort of starter homes, three bed starter homes at around about £189,000, um, moving up to sort of more exec type five bed development uh, homes at around about 400000 Great. OK, I'm going to turn back to, uh, to our friend Richard Ponton out in Heaton in Newcastle. Uh, you are selling houses not just to uh, people who are going to own or occupy, but to investors. Now, if you were uh, looking at investors, they will want to know, is there a rental market out there? What is the state of the rental market and also the student rental market, given universities being away from a uh, uh, place of education during the last year? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think one, one thing you, you need to kind of tie together is this first time buyer market and the, the rental market as well. Often a lot of the, the, the people renting are potentially renting because they can't afford to buy. Um, and it's been a, a little bit of a funny scenario for them because I know there's been measures brought out to try and assist them. But really, um, the, the stamp duty holiday is acted really to heat the, the property market up a little bit. Um, and a lot of the first time buyers don't actually benefit from that. So what it's actually done is actually benefit the people that they could potentially be competing against. You, you could argue people further up the chain could benefit and then, then, then they, they could move into potentially first time buyer properties. Um, for them, but but really, what it's, what happened is that uh, all the competition has driven the prices up. Um, not necessarily a good thing for the market. It, it, peaks and troughs aren't great anywhere when you try to plan a business. You're rather a bit more consistency. So well, what it essentially does is mean that the first-time buyers are fighting over limited stock, and you're getting a lot of people renting for a lot longer. Um, and that is in, in the professional market certainly the the, the would-be first-time buyers are, are potentially now looking at. Um, paying a lot more than they were last year. Uh, so potentially, even though the, the state might have saved up a little bit during lockdown, um, the, the prices they're now paying are, are, are more uh, and there isn't, there isn't more availability. Uh, so competition drives those prices up. So yes, it's, if you're missing out and you're getting gazumped, um, you are stuck in, in, in the rental trap, if you like. Uh, a lot of people choose to rent, obviously, for various reasons. They like the mobility, they like the flexibility. They might be moving around and, and it'll suit them. Um, and for that, we would always recommend uh, Newcastle as one of those cities where a, a lot of people will come to study and they will rent while they're studying here. So the rental market for students is, is enormous. We've got, um, got 42,000 full-time students here and, and they all need housing. and They can't all do it in, in purpose-built accommodation. So um, there is a huge HMO market here, uh, which is very popular. And, and over the last 12 months especially, Really, there's been a lot of activity in the, in the high demand areas for student accommodation like Jesmond, Sandyford and Heaton. Um, and that has been uh, a real focus of, of a lot of transactions for investors. OK, I'm going to go one, one more question to Darren and I'm going to come back to both of you and ask you all the same question, which is, is it a bubble? Think about your answer for that in a minute. Darren, what's the speed of transactions at the moment? If I, if I wanted to buy one of those houses from Craig today, it's ready to move in. How quickly can... The searches happen. How quickly can you get the money to the mortgage? Is is that is quite slow because there's a lot of things going on. Yeah, definitely. So I think that was one of the key reasons behind why the stamp duty uh, deadline was actually extended was just because of the volume of transactions in the market and you know the ability to get them through. 
but you know typically you're probably talking somewhere between 12 and 16 weeks for a mortgaged house purchase to go through and complete at the minute okay last question to you and to all of you you first Darren okay is it a bubble um, well you know in terms of house price increase it is certainly at a peak and and I guess if you're using the Goldilocks analogy you know from our perspective you don't want it too hot and you don't want it too cold <laughs> you, you know you would prefer the kind of growth to be kind of more sustainable in the middle Craig is it a bubble no, I don't think it is. Um, I was reading some, uh, again, some economic data yesterday on the forecast for uh, growth in GDP this year. There was quite an interesting comment in that article which said actually more of a bounce back than a boom. Mm. This is about returning to the pre-pandemic pandemic levels and housing generally follows the economic cycle. So I think in that regard, it's more of a bounce back to where we were maybe 18 months ago rather than a, a bubble and a boom. Okay, asked and answered. And last word to you, Richard Ponton, live in Heaton. Is it a bubble? <laughs> uh, I don't believe it is a bubble. I mean, the, the market relies on, on, on various things. Uh, one of them is affordability and the other thing is availability. Affordability at the moment, we've got, um, we've got low deposit mortgages available uh, and we've got very low interest rates. So, so in that respect, the affordability is there. Uh, the availability is something we're struggling with. Uh, and that is what's causing the competition and the price rises going up. Um, whilst the government is going to keep going with their, 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 their mortgage guarantee scheme, I think it's until the end of next year at the moment, um, the, the affordability will probably remain. It's just whether or not that availability uh, is going to allow us to, uh, to see a sensible levelling off of prices um, as we get towards the end of this year. Uh, I can't see anything going backwards. So, Richard, Craig, Darren, thank you very much. That's it for today's programme. We'll do another Business Unmuted Live 5 o'clock on Wednesday next week.